Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Last service, we were ministering along the lines of boldness. And uh, it's interesting that God is having me to emphasize what I am going to be emphasizing today, as well as what we emphasized last week with boldness. Um, You know, the word tells us that we're to come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And uh, what we see with this flow of boldness, and I made this statement last week, is that the anointing meets boldness. And the reason boldness is so important is because someone who is operating in the spiritual flow of boldness, now I'm not talking about a boldness of personality. I'm talking about a divine force that is on the inside that comes from the word. I mean, when you are anchored in the word and full of the word, there comes out, that word comes out of you with a forcefulness. And that is that divine boldness that it comes out of you. So we're not talking about personality characteristics or traits. As we said previously, that if someone begins to try to show themselves bold spiritually and it's not coming from their heart and they try to, if I could say this, put it on, to try to put on and act like or look like they're bold, they end up just becoming unkind. <laughs> and that divine boldness is not an unkindness. It might violate things that are going the wrong direction, but it's still not an unkindness. And so boldness uh, is so important because when someone is operating and flowing with divine boldness, it means this, there is no trace of fear. You cannot be bold in the word and have any trace of fear in that. There is absolutely no trace of fear. And that's why boldness is so important because it is a testimonial that fear has been run out of of your life, out of your thinking, out of your actions. Because so much of the time, people respond based on fear. They uh, raise their children based on fear. They handle their finances based on fear. They handle their marriage based on fear. They handle other relationships based on fear. And um, because of that fear that can some kind be, sometimes be traceable to almost every arena of people's lives, it's going to affect what God can do for them. And so uh, when we're told to be bold, and boldness is such an important uh, spiritual divine characteristic, uh, it, it means that we have expelled fear. We're walking in who we are in Christ. And when we know who we are in Christ, fear is run out. So it is so important that this flow of boldness be uh, something that we develop and become skillful in and mindful of. And as I said, really boldness comes from fullness. When you're full of the word and full of the spirit, there can come a divine boldness. Let me just say this, the word will come out with force. You know, and that's what boldness is. It's the word coming out with force because there's so much, if I could say this, pent up pressure on the inside. Um, You know, at a time when there will be maybe a drought in some region 
in some regions, uh, have, uh, they'll have a dam that has been uh, built near a region. And so they'll open the doors of that dam so that the, the gates of that dam, so that some water that's needed in a time of, of you know, when there's, when there's drought or something, they'll release some of that flow. When they open the doors of that, it doesn't just trickle out. It comes out with force because it has been residing there and it has been waiting for it to be released. And that's what boldness is. When the word is residing within you in such fullness that when you open your mouth to release it, it comes out with a bold flow. And that's why it's so important because boldness demonstrates fullness. Boldness is not just harsh, boldness is not a harshness, it's a fullness that comes out. And sometimes when it comes out, with, when, when uh, you're so full of the word and that word flows out, it will break things away. You know, anything that would have been in the way, when they opened the, the, the gates of that dam, if there would have been, let's say, a bit of a, of a plant down, downstream of that, of that dam, that plant's not going to make it. <laughs> when that force of, uh, of that water hits that, it's not out to destroy, but it removes things. And so boldness is not trying, you're not trying to destroy things with a natural ability, but the fullness removes things that need to be gotten out of the way. And so that's why boldness is so terribly important. God said that in these last days, that the nine manifestations of the spirit are to operate at their full potential power. That's going to take boldness on the part of the vessels. We're going to have to be full of the revelation of miracles, full of the revelation of healings, full of the word on these things. We're going to have to be full of the spirit so that when we get around sickness, there comes such a flow of healing out of us, such a flow of miracle power and anointing out of us that it just crushes everything that is unlike health. It crushes everything that would, uh, that would call for a miracle. And so that's what boldness does. It is, it is fullness coming out. And uh, it's so important in these, in these days that we live in, that we live full of the word and the spirit. And when we are, there's going to be a boldness. And with that boldness comes a certainty. I mean, when, you, when they open the gates of that dam, uh, those who have called for those gates to be opened, they know with a certainty water's coming. <laughs> they know. And they can tell the community, hey, we're going to release some of the water that's been in the reservoir. Then the people know water's coming. Well, it's the same thing. When you, when you are full of the word and you release that, you know this, miracles are coming. Healings are coming. Results are coming. There's not going to be maybe this won't work attitude. With that, with that release of the fullness of the word, you can be bold to say miracles are on their way into my situation. Miracle power is working. And so the anointing meets boldness. The bolder you are, that is showing you for one thing that you have to be full to really have a divine flow of boldness. But not only that, you've run fear out. There, the word has taken the place of fear. The word has, made, has built a certainty in you. 
I was uh, I'm reminded of a testimony that actually one of one of the people one of the the leadership here in the church they were a student at uh, at a Bible school years ago and they were telling me the testimony uh, they were in class one day and one of the instructors uh, of that class gave them this testimony from his own life their instructor in years past had been a pastor and he said uh, one day he had a, a young man in his church, maybe his 30s, early 40s. I'm not sure of the exact age. He wasn't, you know, in his teens, but he was old enough to have a family. He had a wife and he had several children and they were younger children. And there was some kind of an accident that happened. And this father, this dad, was taken to the hospital and he ended up dying. The pastor, and I don't know really if he was, uh, he might have been killed instantly at the accident or whether he died in the hospital, I'm not sure. But when the pastor was called, by the time the pastor got to the hospital, he was dead. So he happened, if he didn't die instantly, he, ha it, he died soon after the accident. So the pastor is on his way down to the hospital and uh, they tell him where this, his congregation member is and he walks into the room and the sheet has been pulled over the head of this congregation member because he's, he's died. And when this pastor walked in, the word of the Lord came to him and said, command death to leave. In other words, by the word of the Lord, God was saying he's to be raised from the dead. Now, you don't, you, you have to understand that you need uh, the leading of the spirit when you're dealing at this level, you know, because first of all, to raise someone from the dead, there has to be the gift of faith. There has to be the working of miracles and there has to be the gifts of healing because they died from some kind of something that needs healing, right? Uh, they need a miracle. And then it takes the gift of faith because it's beyond ordinary faith to believe for the dead to be raised. It's beyond ordinary faith. Uh, every believer has ordinary faith in them. They have, um, they have what we would call common faith. And that's still supernatural, but it is common to every believer. To have the dead raised, you're going to have to have uncommon faith. You're going to have to have a, another faith that comes from heaven. Smith Wigglesworth talked about the gift of faith uh, in these terms. He had, it's documented that over 20 people were raised from the dead under his ministry. Now, Smith Wigglesworth was an English preacher in the early half of the 1900s. And he said this about the gift of faith. Because when we talk about the gift of faith, there's a faith that belongs to every believer. But the gift of faith is an ordinary, an extraordinary faith that is one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. And he said this, Smith Wigglesworth stated, when I have released my faith to God and I've released all my faith to God, he said, then another faith from God comes and meets my faith. That's the gift of faith. And that that other faith, that gift of faith won't come if you're not releasing all the faith you already have. So it's when the faith you already have is released and it's not enough, the gift of faith will come and will couple 
so to speak. And that's when you have situations like this pastor found himself in, that he was to minister to his congregation member so the man could be raised from the dead. So this is why you have to have some, you have to have some unction of the Holy Ghost. You can't just decide on your own. You have to have, you have to have God's participation in this. And so this man, this pastor went into the hospital room where that his parishioner laid there dead with the, the sheet over him. And the word of the Lord came to this pastor and said, uh, minister to him for him to be raised from the dead. Well, in his own flesh, you know, you think about that for a minute and natural faith will talk you out of that <laughs> because it's beyond, it's beyond daily faith, common faith. And so he basically just reasoned, talked himself out of it. It wasn't long after that, the pastor's wife then arrived at the hospital. She came in there. She was shown to the same hospital room. She went in there, saw her husband and she came in. I mean, her eyes were lit up. She had heard from God on the way down there. She said, God told me to tell you to minister to him, rebuke death and God will raise him up. And this pastor had already talked himself into such a place of doubt that he said, I managed to talk her out of it too. And he said, so I did not minister to this man speaking, you know, rebuking death. And he said, uh, I just got in the natural, you know, and uh, reasoned against it because the mind, you know, the devil will energize that kind of thinking that is against what God says, the mind automatically will kick in and you have to, uh, you have to bypass that. You have to put that mind down and the devil will energize wrong thinking. I mean, to where it will get loud, but even though, uh, the doubt may be loud, you have to go by what God said, regardless of what's loudest in the room. What did God say to you? So this pastor talked himself out of ministering to the man. He talked his wife down <laughs> to make her think, well, maybe she didn't hear from God either. And he said, and they went ahead and, you know, went ahead with the funeral and everything. They go to church the next Sunday and there's the man's wife and his children sitting there. And when he looks at them, all he can see and all he can remember is what God said to him that he didn't do. And he said, I sat there and realized that that family was without a daddy and a husband because I was not bold to obey. Lack of boldness will leave things dead. Things that could be changed, things that could be raised, things that could be different, marriages that could be different, businesses that God can bring back to life relationships that God can bring back to life, bodies that God can bring back to life. You don't obey God. You don't receive miracles. You don't receive healings without this flow of boldness. Somebody's going to have to be bold to act on the word. And I believe the Holy Spirit is searching through the earth to find people who are firmly planted on the word who will be bold to act on it. There's a lot of people, we've all done it, who have, we've talked ourselves out of things that we were prompted or led or had a, had a, 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 you know, just an unction to do something. And we talked ourselves out of it. Why, why did we do that? Lack of boldness. 
Boldness will put you on the front edge. It will not leave you on the back edge, wringing your hands and say, oh, I don't know if I should. Boldness must replace overthinking. You overthink something and you will talk yourself out. Boldness is so quick to act. Boldness won't sit and reason for 30 minutes before it chooses to act. Boldness is an immediate uh, action. I mean, when they open the gates of a dam where all the, re the reservoir of water is, there is the moment they open that, the water doesn't stand back and say, we've been in this position for a long time. Immediately the water flows and it flows hard and fast. That's what boldness does. It is a quick response. It is an immediate response to God. A hesitation is fear. A hesitation is doubt. A hesitation is unbelief. But when you know what God said he will do in his word and you act on it, you don't hesitate to consult with your mind. You don't hesitate to consult with your circumstances. And not only that, you don't consult with people because you don't know the, the degree of fullness in someone. And they may empty you out by their own emptiness. Wow. I mean, you can have a measure of fullness. And you sit and talk with someone empty and they will drain your fullness out of you in the sense of they'll talk you down. Right. And when you are full, you can't, you cannot afford to counsel with people who are empty That's right. That's right. because it'll drain fullness and boldness right out of you. And so we have to make sure that we are, that we are bold to act because the anointing meets boldness. I want to, I know I told you to go to one passage and we'll, we will go to that, but I, I want to remind you of something in Hebrews chapter 13, verse five and six, the Amplified, God spoken. He said this, he it says, God himself has said, now listen to that wording. Hebrews 13, verse five, this is part way Partway through verse five, and it's the Amplified Translation. God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Now think of that in terms of your need. Whether that need is financial, whether that need is the need of a healing, whether it's the need of a miracle, whether it's the need of your home, whether it's the need of your business, whether it's the need of a relationship, think of it. God says that he will be ever present and he will not relax any of his ability toward your need. Amen. Now look at verse six. It says, so we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently, and look at this, and boldly say. Now see, if you're gonna believe what's said in verse five, you're gonna be bold. If you're gonna be half-hearted toward what God says, you're not gonna be bold. But he says, so we take comfort 
and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Now see, not everyone has meditated on that and gotten that in them. So you can't listen to other people to decide how bold you're going to be. Your boldness is going to have to be, your boldness is going to come from what you've been meditating on about God. What word you've been feeding on. What word you've been saying. Don't look for someone else to supply your boldness. Don't look around to see who is going to boldly say what you're saying before you're going to say something. Boldness doesn't care whether anyone else is ever in the room saying the same thing or not. Um, when they opened the gates of that reservoir and that dam so that the water that's been held in reserve can flow, the water doesn't say, well, wait a minute. Have they opened any other reservoirs anywhere? (laughs) Right? Right, right. The water doesn't say that. The water has been there pulsing against the sides of that gate waiting for something to get out of its way. Its fullness is backed up behind that gate. And once that gate is lifted, that fullness takes no counsel with any other water in the region. (laughs) It takes no other counsel of what does the clouds, what are the clouds doing today? What's the temperature? It means that none of that means anything because fullness is waiting for release. And this is what boldness is. It is you filling up. And once that mouth is open, that's your gate. And when that mouth is open, there ought to be a flow of fullness of the anointing, fullness of revelation, fullness of expectation, fullness of faith coming out. Because that mouth has been there just, if I could say this, filling it up. And holding it back, waiting for the right thing to say at the right time. Now, if you're going to be bold, that demands a consecration and sanctification of what you're going to do with your mouth. Because you can't be bold with the word and then being bold in wrong saying. To be bold in the word is going to demand that there is a purity of speech. Because uh, you can't expect boldness of the word to come out after there has been hurtful words said. Anything that is not of the flow of faith, anything that's not of the flow of love is going to damage your degree of boldness. It's going to damage your degree of fullness. And anytime we say offended words, hateful words, wrong words, Anytime we say any of that, it empties us of fullness. If I could say this, if you had a bathtub full of water, and if someone were there with a drill bit, you know, and they drill into the side of that tub, and when they do, that water is going to come out at that place of compromise. Well, If I could say this, you can have, you can be full of the word, you can be full of the spirit, but if we say an offended statement, if we say a critical statement, if we say a judgmental statement, that's like taking that drill bit to the fullness of our tub, so to speak. And every time we say something, our fullness is going to be compromised because wrong speaking caused the fullness to leak out. So we can't be bold 
by thinking we're going to have a bold flow if we've been saying things all along that have, if I could say, compromised our fullness. Boldness calls for purity of speech or you won't be bold. You, your boldness will not be effective You're, because fullness will be compromised if we're saying something that is outside of love. To sit at home and have conflict in the home, to have conflict in a marriage, to have strife going on in a marriage, every bit of that is compromising fullness. I don't care how much of the word you've been putting in, offense, strife. Anything negative that comes out of your mouth is like the, the open drain on that, on that vessel. Everything's just going to be compromised and leaking out. As quick as you put it in, it will leak out if, if strife is present, if unforgiveness is present, if uh, offense, all these things that, are, that really Christians are not to have anything to do with. Why? Because these things injure fullness. And when you're, when you're less than full, uh, God cannot, you're compromising how God can use you. Uh, <clears throat> when I have my grandkids over and I feed them a meal, I feed them a snack, even no matter if they want milk to drink or if they want a soda to drink or if they want a juice to drink, because of them, the size of their vessel, their body, I fill up a glass maybe a third of the way. Why? Because I don't trust them to handle fullness. I don't fill up their glass to the top. To be full, there has to be an ability to handle fullness. And to get into offense, to get into strife, is to show the inability to be full. And no matter how much word we put in, if we misuse our tongue, if we misspeak to our spouses, if our home has less than lovely words and a love atmosphere in it, we show ourselves unable to handle fullness. God will give us as much as he can, but he can't fill up somebody whose vessel cannot handle. Wow. Yeah. And it's not that God withholds, it's that anything we do that is out of line with faith, out of line with love, out of line with the word causes fullness to leak out. And so when fullness leaks out, so does boldness. And when you're not bold, you don't get the same results. It is so, so important that we do as the word says, live in line with the word. Not just we want to, all of us want to have, we want to get results when we pray. We want to get results when we release our faith. We want to be able to, in our own lives, receive healings and miracles and answers to prayer. And we want others to, we want to help others with that. But we cannot just say we want it without living sanctified, without doing the right thing with our mouth, without it affecting every other way that we're going to conduct living. We can't just use our tongue any way we want and then think we're going to be a full vessel that God can flow through. Anytime we step out of love, we compromise how God can use us. And I don't know about you, I want God to be able to use me. I want to be full of the word and the spirit. And I want that to be manifested through the flow of boldness and fullness. That's what belongs to us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 
We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.